Welcome aboard for another episode of Maiden Voyage. Today, we've come together to talk about how women hear and give feedback differently than men. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. From men who are honing natural leadership abilities to women who are too aggressive, the words used to deliver feedback directly affect the outcome for men and women in the workplace. Let's dive in. I think we've done a few episodes that talk about, um, you know, words we use to describe women and um, inferiority complexes and how to stay motivated. So we've discussed this topic in a, in a few different ways, but today we're really going to talk about specifically in the workplace when you are hearing or giving feedback. I mean, we both do it. I, we talked a little bit in our prep and Jen, you're guilty of this. It's the way that we're talking to people, men versus women, and how we're delivering points or tips or techniques. It is different and it does change the trajectory of your mental dialogue and maybe what you do or don't do or risks you take or risks you don't take because you may or may not be carrying something that someone said to you along the way. I know we all have little pieces of words we unfortunately keep in our brains that we should probably be getting rid of and it's holding us back in some form of our lives. Um, but we wanted to talk today and bring this to you to talk about, like, we've got to stop doing this. We have to talk to each other on an even playing field. Um, and Jen, I'd love for you to kind of share, you had this great article you found. I'd love for you to kick it off and, and share with us what you took away. Yeah, sure. Um, so this article that I found and we can share, um, it was just some like consulting company in general compiled some statistics and studies around the words and language that women use to describe themselves, as well as how like management describes women versus if the feedback was offered or received like to or by a man. Um, so when coming in in general for um, feedback reviews, men's reviews actually contained twice as many words that were related to like their assertiveness or their independence or their confidence. So like words like you're so driven, you're so innovative, you really tackled this were used. Positive with, words. Yes. Um, but it, like focus specifically around like kind of drive and like their assertiveness. Whereas when women received feedback in these contexts, their management team would say, you know, you're so supportive and you're really collaborative. You're super helpful. Um, and, and that nurturing like, words, right? Exactly. Nurturing. And they were, um, more team focused. So like women reviews had twice as many references to team accomplishments versus like their individual achievements than men. Um, and when men received the feedback, they were three times more likely to have feedback that was linked to a specific business outcome oh. and twice as likely to be complimented for like their technical expertise than women were. Um, which kind of just blew my mind when I read all of these, these studies and the cumulative results that proved this, that I, I wonder, and we're opening up the conversation to say like, is this intentional? Like what is happening? Why are men being referred to in these ways and women differently? 
That's a very hot question. And I don't know if we have the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think when I, when I'm hearing you say that I automatically flip to, I've never been given feedback that said I was properly assertive, uh, driven, mm -hmm. it's always like you're too much, right? We need right. you to tone it down. We need you to reel it in. Like, so whereas a man is being fostered and patted on the back for his willingness and his drive to be a leader as a woman they're like sit down tone down right aggressive like and i i know we've talked i've talked about this before like it's not aggressive it's powerful it's leadership it's it, you know it's it's standing up for yourself and i think that women aren't often given those positive affirmations for using their voice yeah yeah i would agree um, I think it was like that same piece, Jackie, or something else I looked at was just talking in general how like men on executive levels, they were more likely to be like rewarded for like taking a risk versus how women were more likely to be rewarded for like their precision per se. So it almost, it almost makes you start to question, like, like you said, when you stand up for yourself in a meeting or you do something that's a little bit more like bold or risky, why is that perceived as negative more often in the context of when a, a woman does it than when a man does it? Why is it bold and risky? Yeah, exactly. And why, like, why aren't men being acknowledged for like their precision and their like correctfulness? Well, and like, we've even experienced internally that like, sass from one human is accepted and sass from another human isn't right? right like my tone of voice is supposed to be sweet and kind and your manly tone of voice is allowed to be direct and abrupt and you're not called a bitch right mm. yeah so those I've actually labels. had literally this come up in one of my performance reviews before in the past which was fascinating to me and i recognized it which was great um, I can be passionate, Ooh. which is often translated on a performance report as stubborn, mm. right? Uh, a lot of time in my career, I have been the marketing department, right? Before agency life, I worked for small and mid-sized businesses. And though I was earlier in my career, I was marketing coordinator, marketing manager, marketing director, and sometimes CEO, assistant, creating ads for yearbooks, right? I've kind of done it all full spectrum, Salesforce administrator. It's all part of your job. And as the sounding board of marketing, right? I was the person going in and doing a lot of the research and the legwork and forming the opinion and the strategy and all these things. And then you want to stand behind that. And someone else might come to the table and say, oh, well, what about this? And then you explain, well, we can do that, but here's the pros and cons and this and that. And I tend to stick to my guns, um, especially earlier in my career, I think. And before I worked in client services, you know, there are certain ways to say those things and do it that are, that are different. And maybe I was a little bit skewed on one side of it, but I was working alongside a creative who was equally as passionate, who would come back at leadership very much the same way for the same length of time with the same type of rationale and was praised and heralded and uplifted as like, wow, he's so great for standing behind his concepts and ideas. And then I got a performance review that was like, you need to back off of things. You're doing it too much. And I said, well, that's funny because we were in a meeting last week and 
I was sitting next to this person and you guys had it out exactly the same way that we do. And he received positive feedback for that. So why is it different when I'm doing it? Please explain that to me. What did they say? They had no explanation. There, there was no explanation for it. So that's frustrating, but I think it's good to talk about these things and recognize them. And whether we're on the side of should be or shouldn't be or culture or gender bias or this or that, it's happening. And I was happy to see so many studies about this because yeah. if you can recognize it's happening, right. then you can react to it and then you yeah. can change it. Yes. Right. I love that you said gender bias because I read this great article by the Harvard Business Review that we'll share that to me is like, it really is like, it should, it should just be a meme, I feel like, because it's so true and it's so relatable and it's unfortunate, but that like men, even after criticism, men still think higher of themselves than women do. We like in, internalize and hold on to those things. So our male counterparts come out of a, a review and where they get negative feedback and they're like, brush my shoulders off. You know, I'm a stick it to the man, right? Where women and this study were coming out of negative reviews and internalizing it and like almost like bawling into themselves and not taking risks and not getting ahead at work because of this one thing that was said about them that was like holding them back. And I think that is across many facets of life that we would see that, you know, what's that, that men apply for a job when they're 75% of the way qualified and women apply for a job when they're 100% qualified. Like there's just this, and Jen, I think you've said like they're bred, right? Like we're breeding men to like take charge and be the man and step up and where it's almost like women are being bred to like shrink and fit in and be manipulated to whatever mold they need to be in in that in that position um and i just find it fascinating and again i don't think this is for everybody because like yes like i don't like criticism and i've had some pretty terrible reviews like there i'm pretty sure this one guy was either like he did, like had it out for me or I don't know what it was, but I could not get a positive review for him. And I was like 200% to plan, like higher to plan than anyone else on the sales team, but still had the worst reviews. So like it, it stunted my growth at the organization. Right. And I, I like, thank God he got transferred to another department because after that I flourished at the organization. So it can always almost be like one person at your company can have it out for you and your growth is fully stunted because of that. And I just think that is terrible. A bad boss is a powerful thing, Jackie. But, and then on the flip side, like I think we're blessed to have like a really great boss who is very much um, careful and if you want to see him be careful, please watch the Wayfinding Growth Crossover episode that we posted last week, because it's all about like misogyny and like accidental misogyny and like in the workforce and how do we not say things to offend? Like he's very careful not to offend, almost too careful sometimes where I'm like, come on, give it to me, man. Like, you know, like tell me where I may have misstepped because I want to do better. So working for someone like that though, makes you want to do better. Like I'm more open to feedback because I know that it's coming from like a gentle, mindful position. And I think that's what it is, is that we need to be like more mindful in the way that we're, we're bringing these things to the table. 
Yeah, I think there's, um, I, I haven't worked in an environment before joining the Impulse Creative team where I felt like my communication with my boss, with my direct supervisor was a psychologically safe space, right? I very much worked in environments where I had to filter the message and I had to filter the message from my team up, from the top down, from myself to my boss, with other people, um, peers, and really be thinking about, okay, if I say this here, how can that go up the ladder and how will that be communicated to someone else? Or if I tell this director this thing, how will my boss then hear that and come in and how do these things fold together? And it was, you know, psychological mind game. I spent years playing that game of chess and emotionally just destroyed my ability. It was, I was tired. So you're right, Jackie, Um, as much as a bad boss is powerful, a good boss is um, something that we should all aspire to be and deserve to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting topic in general too, Julie, around like psychological safety, because when you don't feel safe, you're not as likely to give honest feedback, Mm. Um, which in and of itself can hinder somebody's growth and it can, I don't know, like limit your relationship with the person that you're having an exchange with because you don't feel like you're actually being candid. I don't know, which full circle comes back to this whole big topic that we're talking about, about like feedback. And like the key point is if you can't receive honest feedback, you can't make proactive changes. And I think there's some best practices that, you know, when you're giving feedback, like, I, like from my sales upbringing, they always talked about sandwiching feedback, like good, negative, good, which like, yeah. okay, fine. That's one theory. Like, you know, Jen, you're a great writer. You could use a little work with your editing skills and you know, you're a great team player, right? Okay. So like, right. so like yeah. sandwiching like, your feedback, in there. <laughs> exactly, like slip that in there. So like, that is one. Audrey, I think would disagree completely. We've talked about this before where she's like, you come in, we talk business, we get it done and we move on. And then we can chit chat about other things. Like she wants to get the hard stuff done first. So I think she, and I'm speaking on her maternity leave behalf right now, but I feel like she'd prefer it that way just from knowing her. Um, so I think though there are best practices and that might be one of them for you and your situation. But for me, it is being finite. It is being specific. Don't tell me I'm bad. Tell me I took a misstep here, this line item, right? Like give it to me like a receipt so that I can then make the changes necessary to grow from this conversation. Like it's not a shit sesh. Don't come in here and just tell me I'm bad and, and don't make it personal as well. Right? Like, so those would be some of my tips would be like, don't make it personal. It's not about you as a human. So don't take it personally. Although unfortunately most feedback is not specific. So all you can do is take it personally. And I think that's another probably part of how men and women receive it and hear it differently is I think that women are internalizing it more as like a personal attack, probably because it's not as specific as it could be. Right. That we were talking on the other podcast about that too. Like just the idea of like, 
good versus bad. Or, uh, a few episodes back, we were, uh, I know you were talking, Julie, too, about um, the discussion of, you know, if I eat like a handful of almonds, like, does that make me like a bad person? Am I being bad? And I think sometimes just using more specific language around that instead of saying like a black and white, like I was either good or bad, like your communication was either good or bad. No, like here's what about it could use some work or here's what about it I don't like specifically. And then sometimes it's a matter of being able to objectively like pull that apart to say like, okay, I received feedback, but was that a preference? Like, was that your preference that you just don't prefer that? Was there anything objectively Ooh. wrong? Any objectively wrong with it? You know? I want to spiral out on that. Go ahead, Julie. Um, I was going to say that's, that's probably one of the most challenging things about being a leader in business and having people who report to you is unraveling those things about yourself, right? Is it my preference that it happens that way? Is it that it's my preference because when it's not done that way, there's this domino effect? Right. And then do I have to explain my preference in that context, right? Especially when I'm thinking about, you know, sometimes on our team, Jen, we have folks who are coming in who have great marketing experience, but maybe haven't run client accounts before. Right. So they, they know the strategy, they know the marketing, they know the software, they know all these pieces, but they might not understand that the reason we have this step in our process is because of X, Y, and Z three weeks from now, you're really going to want to have done that. And I can't just go to someone and say like, Hey, you didn't check that box. Right. I have to say, Hey, I noticed you didn't check this box. I know it seems silly now, but here's why we do it. Um, and digging in that much. Um, the other thing is we're really good about talking about these things in terms of quote unquote negative feedback or constructive feedback. Um, we also, and I think I've stood on the soapbox before we have to act the same way when it comes to positive. Positive. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's so hard to do it with positive things. It takes a long time because we see someone do something and we have a good feeling about it, right? One of our developers just went out of his way and created help text on some complicated modules on a client website. This just happened this morning. It wasn't a solution that was asked for. It wasn't something I would have ever thought of. It's gonna help the client so much. And my immediate response is like, awesome, thank you. But when I go back to that later, I need to give him the context of this was great because I didn't ask for it. It's a solution you thought of. You just went and did it. You didn't wait a week to do it. All of those things are the specifics to that positive feedback that he's also owed. Uh And when, right. right? And when I read in one of these articles, um, I think mine was an HBR article also, Jackie, um, that 82% of women have said feedback they've received in performance reviews is distressingly contradictory and vague. It goes both ways. It's that type of feedback and that type of content. So uh, we have to be really careful about it. And it's something that I try my hardest to be conscious of, but is so easy to forget. That's so interesting. And I've heard you say this before that giving positive feedback is a challenge. And when we think about it, like even like socially, like I'm always like, you're killing it, girl. You go, girl. Like you nailed it, girl. I see you, girl. You know, like, like I feel like I even said that to you the other day, Julie. It was like so big, but I was like, I see you working hard over there. Okay, (laughs) I see you. But like I could have said, 
look, I really see you stepping up. You're down a man. Like you are playing down a man. You are like all these things that I'm not going to share with our viewers because because we got a lot going on here internally. You know what I mean? But like, like there are giving positive feedback, I think is, could be so much more powerful to help people excel at their roles and want them to do better for you. Cause that's the other part of this is that like, when you receive negative feedback, like there is a, there, there's a moment right in your mind, this is a catalyst moment, right? Like, am I bubbling up Anise Kavanaugh girl? Am I leveling up? Am I bubbling up to be a better person at this meeting? Am I doing the work to achieve greater or am I not? Am I coming in filled of sass? Like F you, you came at me for no reason, right? Like I, because it's not specific because it's not tactical. It's not um, job oriented. It's like all these things that we're saying, this vague, like shitty feedback we're getting isn't giving us the tools to want to be better employees, right? So like, are we taking ourselves out of the game sometimes because we're in an environment where we're not being provided, right? Like this, this like really positive, because negative feedback should be positive, right? Like, right. Right. The, the feedback I hate is you're doing great, but mm. right. Because it's throw away line. Here's something really specific that I'm going to harp on for 20 minutes. Right. Right. It's so, not, Hey, Jackie, I noticed that when you're doing X, Y, or Z sales calls, you do these five things really well and clients or prospects are responding really well to these five things. There's this one thing that I noticed is happening. Mm. And I think if we spent time working together here, we could make that go away. So yeah. let's put a plan in place is so much different than generally you're doing great, but this one thing, dang. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So when you give feedback, Julie, because out of the three of us, like I give feedback, but ain't no like, but not because I'm your boss, just because I give feedback. But like I was kind of bred through an organization that was feedback crazy. We gave upward feedback, we gave downward feedback, we did start, stop, continues. Like I got uh, we had feedback session, it was a lot of feedback. There was a lot of emotional things happening, right? But it was great because I learned that feedback was a gift, right? Like I learned at a very early stage in my career that Feedback is nothing but a gift if it's given correctly, right? But they always started the conversation with, may I give you some feedback? And I am so triggered by that statement though, because I just heard it so much. Like, may I give you some feedback? Like, oh, again, sure. Can you say no? Is that, that's not a real question. Right. It's also putting you in a position where your back's against the wall to like, have to accept it at that current moment, right? Yes. Right. right. So how do you enter into a strategy session? Like, is it, do you want to prep someone for that conversation so they know emotionally, like, I got to, like, like, do I want to, do, do I need to pep talk myself before I go into this meeting? You know what I mean? Like, as a leader, how, how would you handle that? And, like, maybe there are some tips that we can take on, like, how to prepare for something like that. Yeah. So let me, um, I'm, I didn't put this in my notes or discuss this before the show, but this is perfect. There okay. is a phenomenal book that I highly recommend everyone read individual contributor 
mid-level manager, senior management leader, anything. It's called Radical Candor. It's written by Kim Scott. Mm. It's very, 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 very good. Um, and in this book, uh, the author talks about her experience receiving feedback, when it's worked well, when it's not worked well, how she's responded, and just some principles about establishing relationships mm. to be able to be a truly feedback-driven manager, anything of the sort. So there are a couple things that stand out to me. I don't think that the time to give or get feedback is a structured performance review setting. I think that creates a lot of anxiety for people. Mm -hmm. And I very much believe you shouldn't be getting tons of new information in a quarterly or annual review. You should be recapping things that you've been hearing for the last few months and already working on. Mm -hmm. And it's just a place to kind of document it, make sure we're making progress and have a plan. So that's the first thing. There shouldn't be some big, like, I need to give you feedback and we need to have a meeting about it. Unless you're at the point with someone where you've already had those smaller conversations and things aren't happening, aren't changing or are getting worse. And you need to really put a line in the sand. Right. So that's number one. The other thing that you'll read about if you read Radical Candor is that it all starts with relationships and comfort levels. So coming into Impulse Creative at the end of last year, I tried very much not to come in and be like, okay, this is what's good and this is what's bad. Um, I started by, let's talk. Let's get to know each other. And that's something that's definitely recommended in this book is you have to have actual human relationships to be able to successfully provide feedback. I love so, yeah. right, like Jackie and Jen, if you provided me with feedback, I'm going to be a lot more receptive to that because I know you as people. If someone off the street or maybe even a teammate I don't work with as often comes in and gives me some really specific negative or constructive feedback, I probably will be more closed off to it because they don't know me. Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't know them. It's like, who are you to tell me this kind of thing? Right. Well, and then is it negative and not constructive? Could be. Yeah. Right. So that's it. That's a critical point too. And then the third thing is to ask for feedback before you ever give feedback. So one of the questions we all answer every week, and we do this, we have, we use 15.5, it's a software solution for kind of periodic reviews and feedback and things like that, that every employee gets asked is as your manager or boss, what could I be doing differently? Mm. And what I find is that most people don't really like to answer that question. They don't always answer it with specificity. And sure, every week might be a little bit frequent for that. Right. But it's nice to have there as an option. Um, And also just to have that conversation when we have daily or uh, daily, no, like weekly or biweekly check-ins with each other and things like that is, hey, what's going on? How can I help you? What can I be doing? And sometimes it's nothing and that's fine, but you need to have the open dialogue and be able to receive it before you can give it. Yeah. Um, And then... The, the third thing would be that compliment sandwich, Jackie, is I would say sometimes downplays things that are really important to work right. on yes. by putting them in between. That's where I think Audrey comes from with directness, right? Well, and it feels like a forced, a forced positive. Like, I got to come up with a second thing to tell her she did good because I got to sandwich it with the bad. Like, it just doesn't feel authentic. Right. Well, and if something is 
valuable enough to provide as feedback to someone and it is constructive, let's focus more time on what that is and where we need to go and how to get there yeah. than like, here's some fluff. Here's this thing. Here's some fluff. Right. 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 Yeah. And you also have to be able to adapt and adjust to different people. Some people need both sides of that. Correct. Right. And some people like you, Jack, you're like, tell me how to be better. Right. I know my numbers that I'm hitting or not hitting. That's a right. measure of success for me, but that Correct. can be a little bit different for everyone. everyone. So there's no one size fits all, but read radical candor. Love all of those tips. Jen, do you want to add anything? Cause I feel like this is a note we need to like, we can, we can, we gave our readers some really great articles to dive into some great points. Julie, those tips were amazing. Yeah. And I think that like, um, Jen, do you have any tips? Cause I really don't, I don't give a lot of feedback, um, in a uh, structured <laughs> uh, situation. I mean, I get feedback all day, but like, <laughs> I was just going to say, I love, I love Julie's point, the takeaway of almost creating an atmosphere where you invite feedback, because even just hearing that, it's something that I feel like I want to start doing more. Yeah. Um, and just be more mindful of asking like very, very simple questions. They don't need to be a big deal. You can just say, Hey, what can I help you with this week? Or just being in general a little bit more of an empathetic person to other people and try to build that relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you, you were, we were all saying too, like make sure that you are a present active person in that person's oh, yes. life so that when the, when the moment comes for them to give you feedback or for you to receive it or vice versa, that you have a, enough of a foundation there to actually hear that person out a and b do something about it and be able to kind of di dissect it to find the like validity in it and to kind of understand that you can like stuff down your pride a little bit and really yes. really truly right. reflect and keep that like self-growth oriented mindset at the end of the day like you said i love that any for sort of feedback is a gift it, it matters how you react to it and what you do with it, whether it is a gift or not. Right. Because um, even bad feedback, Jen, to that point, like, like even like non-specific, emo-worded feedback can be used as a gift if you decide that's how you want to take it, right? Like you can learn perhaps that like you need to have another conversation with that feedback giver, right? If that's what I'm taking away from this, my gift is that we need to talk about how you deliver feedback because as much as I appreciate yeah. it, it is not constructive to my performance here at the workplace. And yeah. if you cannot say those things to your leader, then maybe it's time to look for a new opportunity. Right? Yeah. That's beautiful, Jackie. Definitely. Right. Put that on a t-shirt. Get specific. Yeah, get specific. No. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Um, so yeah, I think that those are uh, some great things for our listeners to be more mindful of. My like last little snippet is be very attuned to identify your feelings and put a reasoning behind that. Mm. No one wants you to come to them and say like, I feel like you're acting this way, or I feel like you're doing this, or you're making me feel this way without having some tangible like support behind it. And stuff down your pride and use like objective instances to say like, I noticed that you did this thing or like in a meeting, you seemed to be doing this body language or, or note like an actual occurrence that happened and say, 
I perceived this as like maybe you feeling this way. Was that true? Don't assume that the person is actually feeling that way. So then you can have a candid conversation and it's not just you attacking somebody Mm -hmm. um, and giving like brutal mean feedback or, or, or making assumptions, which is like a huge a huge thing in the feedback world in general yeah. to be mindful yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope that you've taken a tidbit, at least some data or some understanding of how maybe we need to like change the way we give and receive feedback and maybe not even just on a gender bias, but in general, um, male, female, just, you know, look at the way you're using words. And I think what we've learned is to like be specific and to always come at it with kindness. And I think you're, everyone's going to be okay if we do that. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.